<laughs> Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. This is episode 330 with my father. Hi. We are talking about uh, this staple gun here that I'm holding. There's an evidence sticker hanging off it. Um, this is from uh, New Orleans. What do you remember about this this piece of equipment I have in my hand? It's, it's, it's infamous, that's for sure. Um, I get a call at... Uh, at three o'clock in the morning, collect a call from the uh, New Orleans police uh, prison or <laughs> jail. Never, never something that you're that a father wants to hear in the in the middle of the night. But uh, didn't take much of a deduction to realize that my son was in trouble. So uh, I called them and and or answered the phone, accepted the collect call, and he tells me he's in jail because some meter maid decided that his this staple gun that he was using to put up posters was a uh, was in fact a, a a weapon and she was in fear for her life and they put out a warrant for his arrest and arrested him uh, offense code 1437 mm -hmm. aggravated assault with a deadly weapon um, this was admitted uh, 125 2016 um, Yep, 126, 2016 into evidence. Um, yes, I was just minding my own business, you know, putting up posters for a comedy show. And uh, across the street, I just got this Prius. Across the street was uh, someone fussing with it. I couldn't even see because they were on the dark side of my car. So when I ran across the street, it was uh, a meter maid. And I just like I had this staple gun, I just put it like in a folder with all the posters in it and she had surmised that I guess she saw like some of the chrome the the moonlight off the chrome she thought I was hiding a gun from her and so she just went well uh, you know I was gonna give you a ticket but now I'm not now I'm not went away and then I was like okay well I got to my car there's no ticket on my car and uh, then I drove to Magazine Street, I was putting up more posters there in New Orleans, and then um, I get a phone call. This Detective Williams of the Fifth District Police Department, I need you to turn yourself in right now, right now. It's like, oh, for what? And he's like, well, you didn't just hold up a meter made with a nine millimeter handgun. I was like, the staple gun? You're talking about the staple gun. So I put it in a backpack with the poster and my recorder that we're recording the podcast on. And I uh, drove myself over there, and uh, that was probably a bad mistake to turn myself in. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, either way, they were going to get you. So I, I think by turning yourself in, to me, under normal circumstances, it would suggest that you're, that you're innocent and that you want to prove your innocence to the police department. But uh, New Orleans is, a, is an interesting place. I mean, they really, um, you know, I guess they're still going for that Napoleonic law that says, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent because uh, they really went out of their way to try to, uh, to try to put him in jail and keep him there. And uh, I really got an education in terms of um, how messed up the system is there. That uh, it's really, it's really almost like a, a meat market, uh, you know, or a slave market. Basically, they they intern people. Uh, most of them are very poor, and um, 
they don't have a means of of uh, protecting their rights, and as a result of that, they're really taken advantage of by the system, and put in jail. And you know, I learned later on that there's a there's this whole system where they get payback from the from the government for putting money in there, and it all of the prisons are run by by private uh, by private concerns. So it's really you know, and then they get money back from them, and then they get more cars, and they get more police. I mean, it's it's really a very backwards way of uh, of administering justice in that uh, in that town. I mean, I can't speak of all Louisiana, but I'll tell you, man, it's it's it was unbelievable watching. I went down there for several of his court appearances, and watching this parade of poor people uh, chained together in these orange jumpsuits for the most minor offenses and given ridiculously long sentences was really an eye-opener for me. Remember there was that family that was in for, they had this cooler and they, you know, bought liquor from the liquor store and they were kind of selling it on the street, uh, you know, not by the six-pack but by the bottle. And they were clipped because they didn't have, like, a license to distribute and stuff like this. And it's like, okay, well, this... Look at this family. They're living in the worst neighborhood. They're trying to, like, pay their electric bill by hustling, you know, selling booze on the street. And then they're all they're all locked up. It's like, is this the best thing we can do for these people here? Yeah, and there were, some of them were selling cigarettes, you know, like one or two cigarettes each. And, I, and I, I reminded Eric that I remember my father during World War II, he told me that they did this at... The, during World War II all the time. The GIs w- didn't have enough money for a whole pack of cigarettes. So they would, you know, they would um, sell each other, you know, cigarettes for, you know, a nickel or a dime or whatever. It's just ridiculously petty offenses that are going on. And I'm sure there's a gigantic drug tree going on there that the police uh, aren't paying any attention to because they could get shot, you know. But you, you but crapping on all of these poor people, that's, that's, that's a safe way of them making the money they need in order to uh, continue uh, their their regime. And I remember it was Officer Williams of the 5th District, Detective Williams of the 5th District. He's the one who phoned me up, and he's the one who said uh, that there's a warrant for my arrest, which there may or may not have been. But then when I first got to the 5th District, uh, Officer Carondelet took my report and seemed to be like, okay, let me go in the back office and see if I can get you off this type of vibe was coming from Officer Carondelet. Williams comes around the corner cussing at me, full clip fuck you, where's the fucking gun? You fucking piece of shit, where's the fucking gun? You lying piece of shit. And it's like whoa, like uh, can you talk to Officer Carondelet? Like listen to your co-workers Detective Williams? Yeah, where's your car too? They wanted to win power. Yeah, they wanted to steal my car from me that I just got. So Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was just like this clusterfuck. Oh, and I hid it in such a crazy place, like a quarter block away from the 5th District Police Department. And then I said that I got a taxi there. No, I drove there, but I didn't want them to know where my car was. And even it was there when I was overnight in jail. And then um, I, uh, you know, as I'm chain ganged in front of the judge, this lovely uh, lawyer whispers in my ear and says that my dad uh, hired her and then she's get bailed me out and then as i got bailed out i went right to the fifth district police department a quarter block away and 
grab my car on the street instead of an impound lot where I would have had to spend $400 to get my car. So it was just right there on the street. I just picked it up. It's all this, like, theater, this bluster theater where they want to, you know, impound your shit. Did you have your keys, your car keys in your pocket when they threw you in jail? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That guy could have been like, oh, those are also my house keys. I just was not cooperating with that aspect because I just realized, no, I'm not letting them have this car. They're going to impound it and they're going to damage it when they stir it up to the thing. So, um, I also, it says on this, uh, description of device, silver staple gun. I mean, it says it right there, silver staple gun. I mean, this should have been open and shut. Why are you keeping me? This is all I have on me. Well, how many times did we go to court? Oh, my God. Um, so this was... I was arrested January 25th, 2016. I probably went to court with you twice in total, nine times, and around September, it was dismissed. So nine months, nine appearances... And this detective knew what he was doing because, you know, he, he told Eric, uh, oh, yeah, well, plead guilty or, 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 or you know, you're going to spend, you know, nine months in jail and you can forget about ever, ever finishing your master's degree. So it was yeah. such a coercive environment where they, they set it up so that you, you had to, if you didn't want your life turned upside down, you had to, uh, you know, you had to plead guilty, which is just just crazy uh, absolutely it was it was an, it was really a very sobering experience and uh, you know thank god we were able to have the resources to to get him out but you know i just i could not help but feel horrible for these these poor poor people but frankly mostly black people uh down there that were just being railroaded into the system that was it was it was mind-boggling it really was and and this meter maid was on the stand. She could not have been dumber. And her mother was yelling out stuff the whole time during the court proceedings. Uh, and the judge didn't even reprimand her for that. And I couldn't help thinking, you know, we're from New Jersey. I mean, if anybody ever did a shout out in a courtroom in New Jersey, you would be immediately escorted out of the room. Don't wonder the jail, Your Honor. Don't wonder the jail, Your Honor. That's the whole time. And, like, I went to go talk to this meter maid probably the seventh time I went to court. I was like, can I just talk to you for three seconds? And, like, I'd sit there, like, a nice little person, every time wear a suit, every time wear a tie. And I saw this meter maid across the, the courtroom, you know, seven times over this issue. And I went over to just talk to her because she didn't even know it was a staple gun. She didn't, she didn't talk to me once about anything ever. And then as I approach her, she's like, the mom who, you know, was, had, you know, 75% the DNA of a bullfrog was like, get away from her, get away from her. And it's like, oh my God, these mongoloid people, like, can I please just explain what happened? I know you thought that you saw something chrome and shiny. And then when I watched the police video, cause they were like strapped, they had police cameras on them. She was she was just telling the story over and over again how I had a 9mm handgun with a black handle. And I don't know, like, you know, uh, you don't have to be captain educated to know that, like, a staple gun just has a different design. It has this big, 
handle in the back of it. It's just not how a nine millimeter looks, you know? But it, I also got the sense that she didn't want to be a meter mid, you know? So to get paid time off to go to court every day was like, hey, I don't have to put tickets on cars. I don't got to walk around my normal beat. I could just sit here in court and be, you know, some defender of the city while these these awful bad guys are trying to, you know, come up on me. I'm well, sure there's a lot of animosity. Well, how many people, how many people really grow up uh, thinking that they want to be a meter maid for their, for their uh, career? I'm guessing that probably wasn't her plan A, you know? It was also trained to me by the lawyer to say that she's a uh, parking enforcement officer because meter maid is a derogatory term. So oh, I was really? also trained to say parking enforcement officer. <laughs> They, like, give her a title increase. You know, meter maid is... Well, they're not going to give her a pay increase, so I guess they'll give her a title increase. Uh, yeah, I mean... The grand poopah of meter mating, you know. Uh, I wonder if this, to the extent that she had, like, a PTSD, because I'm sure every time people come up on her and she's putting tickets on people's cars, people have a bad reaction to her. You know what I mean? So it seemed like she was kind of on guard about. Well, that's certainly understandable. I mean, you, nobody wants to get a nobody wants to get a ticket. So I'm sure she's dealing with people that are going to be fairly hostile. You know, and I guess it wouldn't it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility for somebody to have a gun. Um, but you know, if they had a gun, then why didn't they shoot her? You know. Ugh. I know, and it's like they even after all this, they mailed me the fucking ticket for twenty bucks. They still mailed it to me, probably, but it was months later. So if I got arrested in January, uh, the first of the month, they probably gave it to me around June, a twenty dollar ticket. And I really, I was having the stress dreams that the judge was going to be like guilty. You know, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Guilty. Now you will go to jail for this. And just, I just had this dream of just like, let me just get my one punch in. You know, like, let me just, bah, like, punch the meter made in the face once. I, uh, imagine going to jail for something you didn't do. I mean, I was just having... Well, I mean, you got an understanding that I'm sure a lot of people go to jail for, <laughs> for something they don't do, you know? And, like, you see, you watch a lot of TV shows about that where yeah. people are finally proven innocent for, for some more advanced DNA testing or whatever that they do. But uh, I just, I'm just very, very happy that we were able to extradite you from that, uh, from that situation because it was, it was comical how bad it was. I mean, listening to these, these ridiculously minor offenses and these people getting 30 days in jail, 60 days in jail, for something that really, you know, they could have gotten probation on, you know. And, and it, I think it's really a very, very prejudiced system. I really do. It, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's, a very, it's, it's very hell-bent on making people guilty. Uh, and I uh, just thank God we were able to, we were able to, you know, not have him drop into that trap. Because it's also n number one, it's easier for the prosecution. They they spend less resources defending if if you just plead guilty up front. And number two, I really my lawyer embarrassed them. They, they made them look really stupid when this went to trial. So they were trying to save face because they knew that they're 
they, you know, what what does this say? Evidence, staple gun. Like they had nothing, so they they tried to coerce me to plead guilty for something that they well, knew they were going. Well, lose the funny on. thing is, the the prosecution wouldn't produce the staple gun yeah. out of evidence, and finally, the judge, like I think he uh, delayed it like once or twice, and then he finally said, "No, we're not delaying this anymore. Go and get this. Go and get the evidence yeah. now. Yeah, and we'll wait here." Yeah, and uh, he kind of threatened. I got a sense that he was threatening the DA. Yeah, that uh, and I know the funny thing is the DA said to your attorney, "Well, where's the staple gun?" You know, uh, and, and yeah. yeah, my attorney's like, "It's in your evidence locker. I don't have access to that. It's in the DA's evidence locker." And then the judge sends is like, "Go get it." And they're like, "Should we do another case?" And he's like, "No, I've opened the book on this. I'm waiting for you to get it." You have the keys to the evidence, the DA's evidence locker. Go get it. So we sat there for like 20 minutes while someone ran across Broad Street to the evidence locker, got it, and brought it into the court. As soon as it was in the court, the judge is like, really? This is why this kid was in here nine times? Well, it was funny that when when the DA asked you, is this your staple gun? Yeah. He was like, well, they make a lot of these, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, and I said to him, I go, are you saying that the, your DA switched evidence and routinely? And he's like, well, I'm just, uh, so well, I'm just saying that, you know, how do you know this is yours? And it's like they were doing the mental gymnastics they were doing. I know like a lawyer, their job is to like any angle you can get, any, any hole you can poke. But it, they were just, they made themselves look so stupid. And it's like, I don't know. Well, I think they're not used to having a competent attorney for the defense. Right. I think what they're used to is just having this public defender, uh, you know, who probably is right out of, right out of uh, law school, um, you know, and he's just cutting his teeth on these cases. Uh, so th- they obviously can run rings around him. You didn't have that. You had a, you had a much more competent attorney that uh, really did make them look foolish. Like Craig Mordock was his name, I think. Craig yeah. Mordock. Uh, but yeah. Um, boy. I also remember calling you and then it was there was some kind of pay system or whatever and I think you put more money on but I was like so frazzled and also trying to take a shower and not get raped. I was crying so I was kind of frazzled uh, there. And as soon as I got out, I, like, threw up. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, me dealing with law. I also, you know, I had a 4.0. I was going to the University of New Orleans, gave my master in screenwriting. And I had uh, aced one, two, three. This was my fourth semester out of six. And, uh, you know... If I had stayed in jail, I would have failed out of all my classes instead of... When I got out of jail, I walked right into my dorm room, grabbed my homework, walked right over, dropped off my homework, and said, I'll see you uh, at your office hours, professor. And then I went right to sleep because I hadn't slept in 24 hours. So it was like, thank God I had done my homework. It was piled up, ready to go, so that when I walked out of jail, I could just go distribute it and not lose... Uh, lose a mark on my grad school. So, so I guess the lesson for this is if ever you get arrested in New Orleans, make sure you get a very competent attorney. Get a lawyer immediately. Yeah, don't, don't, don't trust the system to be fair because it's not. Yeah.
don't plead guilty and get railroaded. Um, God. I just also remember seeing all the other cases, like, oh, this guy had... I did see one murder case, and that guy was guilty. I will say that. But, because um, he was like, like, did you murder the guy? Well, I was with my friend. Okay, what friend? I don't remember his name. I was like, this guy's guilty as fuck. <laughs> but a lot of the cases were like, you know, you had like two grams of weed and you were minding your business, you know, and it was just An open like, container, that was a lot of them. Oh, yeah, open container, like you had a glass container on the street, you know, Ooh. stuff like this. But it's like New Orleans. The whole city's made on drunken debauchery. That's the whole economy in New Orleans, you know. Um, I When I was in jail, some someone was was being admitted because they, they were here for like a weekend. Um, it was this guy and his wife. And the guy, the wife was like, picking a fight with some other lady at the bar and the guy got dropped off and he went in my cell and he was like my wife just kept saying what are you gonna do about it no bitch i said what are you gonna do about it and then he had to go fight for his wife and he's like just don't he was so mad like just don't talk shit to strangers now i gotta fight people now i'm in jail <laughs> so when you you know don't fight people, you know, on Bourbon Street, you know, don't look for trouble, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, how I got arrested for a staple guy. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, you flew in, you called the lawyer, you did all that stuff, and I, uh, appreciate that. I, you know, graduated instead of failed out. Well, you're my son, that's my job. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we're in Austin, Texas, right now. We got a schedule of fun things to do. So uh, continuing on right, here bye. with my father, we've been having a hell of a week here in hell Austin. Of a, hell of a week. <laughs> we uh, well, where do we even start? We rented a canoe. I had this great idea. Let's rent this big. Uh, well, we started with the shooting. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, we we shot. Uh, what is it? RK. AK forty seven. AK forty seven, which. Was very loud, <laughs> and uh, and then we went yeah, was, to a forty-five caliber pistol. <laughs> How's it going, brother? Um, we're out here at a disc golf range, doing a little podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, we shot that AK forty-seven. It was like right, right from the movie Goldeneye, the 007 for N sixty-four. As soon as I saw that, it was like a wood-handled, beautiful Russian AK forty-seven. It was it was a badass gun. It really was. No it's kind of it had some kick. You had to kind of watch your shoulder. Um, but yeah, you did better on the forty-five. I couldn't get the forty-five caliber pistol to aim. I kept aiming up left, and it kept going down right. You well, did better with it. Either way, I mean, you you would have killed anybody that was coming your way, for sure. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, we did some manly stuff because we also got, uh, you know, our, our toes did up. Well, you got to balance. It's, it's yeah. all about balance, you know. We got pedicures, like big girls, as soon as and you And massages. Landed. Oh, yeah, massages yesterday. Yeah, we've been having self-care time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that canoe. What went wrong? So we get the canoe. You know, we're pretty cocky. We got our cell phones in our pocket. We got jeans. Fully and... dressed. No no towel. And they said, eh, step on this rock. We did fine. We stepped on the rock. We had put a cooler in the canoe. We, uh, you know, we're all loaded up. And, of course, I was telling them about how I was a Boy Scout, and I had these merit badges for canoeing. 
And I and, go, whoa, uh, those are some steep credentials. Yeah. And my daughter reminded me that that was 50 years ago that I had that. That I had that. Uh, okay, what year are we talking? Uh, 1966. Did you earn your merit badge? Well, that would be 11. Probably a little, a little older than that. Not much though. Probably like 69. 1969. You got yeah. a merit badge for canoes. Yeah. Do you remember that day? What it took to earn that? I don't remember falling and tipping over a canoe and falling <laughs> in the water. I don't remember that at all. I don't think I did. Oh, we went right. We were in that boat for four and a half minutes, and we tumbled right in the water. We were kind of like navigating rocks around Barton Springs and kind of stuffed the oar in there. It just... I, I think people did bull riding longer than we were in that canoe. <laughs> Last night, we saw Dean Allen Stanfield's uh, comics on bulls thing. Welcome to Texas. We put a bunch of comics on bulls. One guy was seriously injured, and uh, man. I don't want to get stomped by a bull. I'm very risk adverse and certain. There's no control over a bull. You know, they could just keep stomping you, stomping you. Well, at least you. the canoe didn't stomp us. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but shout out to Dean. That's a funny show. Great host. Great great TV pilot. I hope it gets picked up by uh Ned. Yeah, it was very well made. Very, the production quality was excellent. Uh, so we had some popcorn. We watched that thing. Yeah, we've been having some good Texas time. We shot some guns. We went in a, a canoe. I've never been on the Colorado River, uh, like under. Austin. Well, you were literally in the Colorado River. We were. We <laughs> fell in. Literally in the river. <laughs> it was interesting because we did Barton Springs in the summer when it was packed with people, and then we did it in a canoe, and it was kind of like barren. But it's gorgeous here. It's 76 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, the water was very, very nice. Actually, I mean, it wasn't like we were cold. It was just we were very wet. Mm -hmm. And thank God the 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 phones didn't get destroyed. That was mm -hmm. the biggest worry, the phones and the, and, and the wallets. Um, so now we're here. Uh, yeah, I showed you, Kevin got me, uh, Uncle Kevy, my brother, your other son. He got me a sweet disc golf bag for Christmas. I was chuffed to get it in the mail. What do you think of disc golf? I think it's a very humbling sport, <laughs> you know? And my goal was to not drop any of your discs in the river. That was my goal. <laughs> What's up, bros? And I accomplished that. Yeah, Other not than that. In the river. That was about it. A couple know? pricker bushes. I'm not gonna lie. There were some pricker bushes I had to. Sticker bushes are fine. You can recover <laughs> the disc. Put it in the water. That's we had enough water today. Yeah, we flipped the canoe. We didn't look uh, really cute. So, oh yeah, we, we we played pool too. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can go back and do that. We again. might that loop around fun. and play a little more pool. And we're gonna have some sushi tonight. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, I want to go to Slick Willie's though. Slick Willie's is another pool hall. Oh. This is really what it's called. And it's like probably six minutes south of us right now. Cool. Um, we've been also talking about this. You know, I'm pretty uh, obsessive planner for the time you were here. I had your flight information on all. You know, I printed out a PDF. We're going shooting. We're getting our nails did. We're doing massages. We're doing the canoe. We're shooting. Everything was planned out. Germany's coming up. Amen. Uh, this is our second time going to Oktoberfest. We went in 2018. Now we're going back in 2022. Well, who are we bringing this time? We are bringing Uncle Kevin, who gave me my disc golf bag. Thank you very much, Uncle Kevin. Uh, he also got me this t-shirt that I just realized I'm wearing. Very cool. A uh, Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo game we always played together. Uh, uh, oh, what's it called? NBA Jam. Oh, he, this he, is, he got me one with the, I got a present for you. Oh, is, Command & Conquer. Which is Command & Conquer. We're yeah. big video I game I wear that nerds. all the time. <laughs> We're video game nerds, so we got uh, 
uh, t-shirts. Um, but yeah, so we're going to Germany with uh, Kevin and Vince, uh, my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, Vince. Um, I don't think he's been to Europe before, right? Or No. No, he's never been to Europe before. That's great. And we're going to go to Switzerland, too, which is going to be cool. We're going to take a train to Switzerland. Yes, we're going to get our passports all together. Uh, we're, we will see the Glockenspiels, <laughs> which is this uh, cuckoo clock in the middle of Munich that puts on like a 12-minute play with these wooden animatronic dolls that was created in 1912. The Glockenspiel. And we're going to meet uh, Klaus's father, I believe, over there. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. Klaus Schwab Jr., he gave us some accommodations. Um, he's been telling a lot of secrets of his family, though, so I'm a little worried about encountering Klaus Schwab Sr. in Oktoberfest. Uh, what's up, brother? So uh, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. So what do you think? Should I bring the spacesuit? Should the, is the spacesuit coming with us? If, if I had a vote on that, I would say nay. <laughs> but uh, I'm, not, I, I'm fairly sure you're going to bring it anyway. But uh, I'm sure you're going to try to sneak out and do, <laughs> and do one, of your, uh, one of your comedy routines. I, I'm just wondering how well that would, that would fare in Munich. You know? I'm yeah. not sure they would, they would really totally appreciate the... Uh, the humor there. Yeah, but if a German came through, came to America and dressed like Bill Gates's kid, you know what I mean, and hit the accent right and had a lot of interesting information, I think that would be pretty funny. I don't know. I have to tell the story though of when when you were an exchange student and we had the student from Germany come with us, and he was a pretty tight ass <laughs> kid to say the least. And I thought, well, let let me let me. Uh, have him go to an American Broadway play because I'm sure he would enjoy that. Yeah, and we didn't know anything about the the play, the producers, but uh, later on we went. We had it scheduled for him to go there, and then for whatever reason we weren't able to go. And then later on we went without him, <laughs> and then we we started seeing this the song, you know, springtime for Hitler in Germany. And I thought, oh, my God, we would never hear the end of that. You know, his family would have written us a pretty, pretty vile letter on that. Yeah, they, they, yeah. he didn't have, he wasn't like super making fun of himself type of guy. Uh, and think, having a yeah. parade of Nazis ziggile across the stage. Yeah, I just wouldn't find a lot of humor in that. Yeah, he, yeah. Anyway, God bless him, Joachim Lockenbach. Yeah, well, I hope he's well. I hope he um, is too. My friend Robert Arts, we might see, he's now a judge in Leipzig. He, we were a German exchange student with him. So if we get in any trouble, I have a judge's email into operates in Germany. Well, as remote as that may seem, I mean, I can't even imagine us getting into trouble anywhere. But, uh, you know, it is Oktoberfest, and I am standing on the table. So uh, We will see the Glockenspiel. <laughs> There's some things about German that they're very obsessive about time. Like... It's, an, it's a wooden animatronic show. You can do it twice, you know, at uh, 11 in the morning and 6 at night. But no, they have it at freaking 9.30 in the morning and 11, and that's it. And if you miss it, you've missed it. They don't even have it at noon? They we, don't have it at noon. Noon it's like, would make more sense. There's two early ones, and it's like, what about a 7 p.m.? No. I it would, just crawls. I would, I would think noon you. and 6 o'clock. Yeah. I think would be the most logical No, it's times. like 9.30 and 11. I'm sure there's a story. Somebody needed to go home and have some beer. Yeah, know? something like that. <laughs> it looks pretty ornate. I've never seen like a wooden, you know, the clock maker put all these robots on a on a thing. Like, 
from 1912. It's not. It it hasn't changed. It's still wooden mechanisms. You know, and the sad part of it is, we when we were there last time in Oktoberfest, yeah. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. And now I just I was so focused on going to the Oktoberfest, but uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing a little more of Munich and more of the downtown area and then of course going to Zurich I think is going to be fun too. Well we uh, messed up the first time. We we didn't wear lederhosen and everywhere we went <laughs> 90% of the people were wearing lederhosen. And your sister told me you know you got to wear lederhosen dad and I'm like nah come on that's just that's just going to be just for the Germans. Freaking everybody was wearing lederhosen. Yeah I didn't want to be a poser. I didn't want to like flash yeah. some kind of German regalia and then just be a dumb American who can't I was blown away yeah. Australians were wearing them and yeah. just everybody was wearing them so it's like now okay it's like you know no, that's it's the just list. the thing to do you have to wear this costume when you go into this you have to you wear that and you have to get on the on the on the table and, and drink a beer or yep. they're gonna throw pretzels at you that's the deal I did an old man one time when we went stood on the table and he did the whole zigzaggy he didn't drink his beer. He didn't attempt to. And I threw a chicken wing at his head. He just kept talking the whole time. It's just <laughs> like, you're not, what, what is this? Is, this isn't push, you know? You're not in the beer hall to uh, to convert people to uh, another form of socialism. You're, 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 yeah, yeah. Drink the beer. You stand on the, the table, you drink beer. the beer. Drink the you ziggy beer. zaggy, you finish it. Yeah. And if you fail, you have chicken wings thrown at your face. Yeah. I don't care if you're 70 years old and you don't know where you are. I'm throwing a chicken wing at your face. No, from what I understand, again, <laughs> that was I, cultural. I'm over 65, and from what I understand, <laughs> if you're a senior, you can drink half a beer oh, okay. uh, from the table, the f- and and you get you get kudos for that. The, yeah, they won't they won't make you drink the whole <laughs> thing. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll do that. Yeah. What's up, gentlemen? How you guys doing? Hi. This is that one that I yeah, we're that we're hanging out at uh, hole eight at the Wells Branch Disc Golf Course. Beautiful area, but just beautiful weather. Really, really nice. I just like how every uh, hole at this disc golf course is so well labeled. There's a map that shows every tree, how how much yardage the uh, basket is from you. Another OCD person must have created this All course. All this is in Ordnung. <laughs> Everything has been organized for us today. There's one, and then there's two, <laughs> and there's three. Eins, zwei, drei. And there is an arrow to show you where the next one is. It's just very... Because I get lost some of them. There's one in Mueller Park, and there's like there's like a red brick here, and then a basket there. It's like okay, is there is this one, two, three? Like I don't get lost. I stand on the, a shitty, not labeled platform, and I don't know where to throw my disc. Do I go aim for this basket or this basket? You know, that orange brick matches our uh, our, <coughs> our painted nails. Oh yeah, we got some beautiful painted nails. Well, Gwendolyn, my little niece, your granddaughter, <laughs> ordered us to get pink. Well, you gave she, it. She yeah. th- she ordered us to get pink, and I am completely colorblind apparently. So rather than getting pink, uh, I saw this color on this palette, and it turned out to be orange. It's so, kind uh, of a pinkish orange. It's like a hot orange. But from what I understand, Gwendolyn was very happy that we did. Oh, that. okay. Well, the boss is pleased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she is so cute. Um, okay. So what else should we? Any other Germany things we got? Plan out. Oh, we're going to the Weinstefan Brewery Tour, the oldest brewery in the world. It started in 1040. And last time we went there, we had a great meal, blown away by the ambiance of the place. But now we get, there's a... Now the tour. There's catacombs of beer and yeast. I don't know what's down there. I may never leave. There's a dungeon down there of where they torture grain into beer. And we're going going through the whole castle. So I'm so excited about that. It's going to be very fun. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, September 2022. We're going. We're a couple of hollerbacks are ripping through Germany. <laughs> What's Three. up, guys? Three hollerbacks. Um, hello. Um, yeah, I think that's it. This is uh, Pops in in Austin, Texas. Having a great time. Right after Christmas 2021. And uh, <laughs> Eric's been a wonderful host. Well, we fell in a canoe, you know, yeah, but I've, uh, we had, we've been barbecuing, we made those awesome sandwiches. We're having a good time. Let's go play pool. All right, take care. Bye-bye, okay. everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Highway Diary Podcast. Again, you can go to erichollerbach.com, uh, click on my calendar. I'm always updating that. Uh, there's a Highway Diary tab, there's comedy specials, there's sketches, um, erichollerbach.com, that's where I'm at. You can stalk me easily there. Um, also, we have a sponsor, ACBD Remedy. Go to acbdremedy.com. Add stuff to your shopping cart. When you check out, use promo code ERIC, that's E-R-I-C, and receive 20% off your order. Um, ACBD Remedy is great. I really like the pain and inflammation kind. And a little dropper under your tongue at night, it makes me sleep easy and uh, I feel great in the morning. It's also topical. So if you have like an issue with your elbow, if you're having a little pain in, in your joints, you can rub it, put the dropper on you, rub it in. You can put some lotion down, drop it into the lotion, rub, rub that into yourself. Um, yeah, or you can, uh, like I say, put some droppers in your orange juice in the morning if you're feeling a little stiff or groggy and uh it really makes your day great um thank you to our sponsor acbd remedy again use promo code eric that's e-r-i-c for 20 percent off your order uh thanks for listening to the highway diary podcast see you next time everybody